You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, a Salt Studios production. Moving to the other side of the world and starting again at any age is difficult. Fortunately, Luke Van Rienen was a young boy with resilience and was good at sports, so he naturally fit into the Australian way of life. At school, Luke got good grades in subjects like maths and science, and it was obvious to his father the career path Luke would take. In this episode, Luke talks about relocating overseas and how it allowed him to have a better lifestyle with greater educational opportunities. Luke Van Rienen, thank you very much for sitting down and having a chat with me. Oh, great to be here. Cheers. You're originally South African, but your family decided that they wanted to move to the other side of the world. Why was that? As you'd probably know, South Africa is a pretty um, dangerous place. My mother had had enough of it. You know, there'd been a couple of times where we had people break into the house and then I think at one point we were in the house and someone had tried to do it and um, basically, you know, that was it. I mean, they, they'd already sort of been thinking about it, but that kind of just sealed the deal. And um, they went to New Zealand first to sort of do a bit of a reconnaissance mission there and sort of basically came to Australia straight after that to have a look and I think sort of just felt there was a bit more opportunity here than there was over there. How did that make you feel? None of us wanted to leave. My older sister, myself, and the middle one sort of had already started school and we were sort of against it, you know. We had had friends there and obviously quite a big family over there. I must say, looking back, you know, 25 years down the track was a great decision. So you've relocated to the other side of the world. The next thing is you've got to get into school. How did that play out for you? So we'd moved into um, a house in Endeavour Hills that my dad had, he'd sort of come over a couple of months earlier than us and to, you know, get settled in at work, find a place. We all came over and we were a couple of houses down from a school. It was quite a a bit of a culture shock because um, at the time in South Africa, school was you know, very structured. It, it felt a little bit harder, to be honest, than what than what Australian primary school education was at the time. I don't think it's like that anymore. But yeah, it was great. Really liked it. One of the things I loved was the fact that this sport called, you know, Aussie rules footy. We obviously had rugby and cricket in South Africa and soccer, but yeah, immediately that sort of grabbed me. In terms of school, you said you loved it. Uh, was it the subjects that you loved? Was it the other students and friends that you were making? What was it? It was a really good social environment. You know, I felt accepted immediately, which was nice. Made some really good friends. One of the nice things about living just down the road from the school is that there was a bunch of other kids that lived just down the road from the school as well. And for the first time, I'd just be able to go walk over to a friend's house after school or walk home with them and uh, in South Africa, we didn't. You wouldn't do that alone. Yeah, that was that was a really nice sort of change. As a felt like a bit more freedom. Were you a good student? I got good marks. I had a recurring comment in from every teacher in every report I ever got, and that was he talks too much and disturbs other students. Couldn't help myself. Like I'd, I'd sort of finish what I was doing, and then immediately I'd be talking to other people. What sort of subjects were you getting the good marks in? I did well in most most subjects. The ones I really liked were the the ones that you know, ended up being engineering type subjects, math, science, you know, that sort of thing. I think it was just the fact that you know you could relate them back to the physical world, which was something I really liked about them. It felt like you had some control over over your environment in some sense, I suppose. So it was pretty clear early on from high school that that's what you were going to pursue. I didn't think about it a lot in the early days, to be honest with you. I know my dad always says that. There was a couple of moments when I was a little kid where 
what, like one that comes to mind is, is looking at this, his lawnmower and he couldn't work out why it wasn't working. And I was it's like, oh, no, those things should be connected. Should they? And the spark plug, the, the cap from the spark plug had popped off. And he was like, oh, yeah, okay, that, that looks about right. You know, I was a, probably a four or five-year-old kid doing that. And he sort of said there's a couple of moments like that where to him it was obvious. But to me, I also had this big, you know, I really love animals. And I, I, I kind of wanted to be a vet or, a, you know, a zookeeper or something like that didn't sort of become too clear to me, well, to be honest, throughout school. I did select engineering, you know, for university, but I'd gone through, you know, through my VCE, um, I'd gone through sort of two years of changing my mind. Engineering was a common theme, mechatronic, mechanical, aerospace, civil, environmental. Then there was vet, veterinary science, architecture was in there. You know, it was sort of just a bunch of different things. I, I couldn't really put my finger on it. And ultimately, I chose engineering because well, it was what my dad did and it sounded like a good job. When you knew that that's where you wanted to go, how did you start tailoring your high school education in order to make sure that you were ready to step straight into university, into a, a degree that you wanted to study? The kinds of jobs that, that I saw, or degrees, um, that, I, that, I, that I thought I may want to pursue, and that wasn't just uh, in engineering or a particular type of engineering, but in veterinary science or architecture, they had a number of sort of prerequisite subjects that were very common you know, and they were in the maths and the physics and the and the chemistry sort of area. So I was quite careful to make sure that I selected the ones that gave me a really broad course list that I could apply for and be accepted into without, you know, having to do too many of the catch-up subjects. So I just sort of selected the subjects that gave me the biggest breadth, you know, in university courses. Do you think it's fair that someone who is born into a country that does not play Aussie rules as their national sport can come over to this country, play it for only a couple of years and get drafted? Talk me through that. I mean, you you got drafted by St Kilda Footy Club. I didn't ever intend to get drafted. I played just in my local footy club for years and just enjoyed it because it was a great pastime with friends, something different from school. And, you know, there's a great feeling of being in a team. You know, when you win games together, especially when they're tough games, you know, it's a really good, satisfying feeling. So I actually went through all my juniors. I played rep footy for a couple of years with the Eastern Rangers, but pretty quickly decided I didn't want to keep doing that. I wanted to focus on school and have an academic career that would last more than 10 to 15 years, you know, give or take, without injuries. So I was very logical about that decision. And I played my under-18s, uh, and even though I wasn't playing sort of for a, you know, in that rep footy league, there's still a lot of scouts that come and scout local clubs. I think there'd been a couple that had come down, but John Beveridge, who's uh, Luke Beveridge's old man, he was the, the Saints recruiter, he called and said, do you want to do the pre-season with St Kilda? You know, we'll see if we'll draft you. I didn't actually think I was going to do it that, that final year of under-18s. I was like, no, I don't want to do that as a, as a career. And then sort of when given the opportunity, I sort of rethought, you know, not everyone gets this opportunity. I should give it a crack and just see where it goes. Uh, And then, yeah, they gave me an opportunity. I unfortunately didn't get to do too much with it because after the first, like I think it was the first game into my second season there, a bloke fell on my foot and tore ligaments in there. Uh, And that pretty much ended my career. Well, fortunately, I guess for you then, you were looking at engineering anyway. So, you know, you did have a fallback plan where a lot of them don't. What are some of the skills you learnt while training at that elite level and being in those organisations that you've now applied either into your study or into your career? 
one of the things you do a lot as a professional sportsman is you speak publicly, you know, where you talk to sponsors and random groups of people. I had no idea who they were and quite large groups of people. And um, since we sort of did that quite frequently, it sort of really built my public speaking skills. It does benefit you being able to confidently speak to people you don't know. The other thing would have just been work ethic. Yeah, I mean, I was always quite a hard worker, but I remember that pre-season, you know, when I wasn't listed, you know, maybe to be drafted, I've had to work really hard. I mean, I'm not a guy who can sleep during the day, but that pre-season I was going home and falling asleep for a couple of hours after training. I would imagine that if you've been drafted at around 18, 19, that would have competed with your university study to some degree, right? Oh, for sure. What happened there? How did you decide to go down the path of one and not the other? I'd done a year of uni already. So it was my first year in engineering and then uh, got drafted. I mean, you can't really study full-time playing footy because it's a full-time job. I'd sort of cut the coursework back to one or two subjects per semester. Now, that was probably a good thing and a bad thing. Probably good for the footy side of things. You have more time to train and whatever. For the uni side of things, your head's not in that space, particularly when you have something as big as, you know, another career outside of it that's competing with it all the time. I knew that football was a limited career in terms of years. You know, if you're lucky, you can play until you're 35. And then your body, particularly for big guys, starts to deteriorate quite quickly. So I knew that after footy, there needed to be something else. So I was always committed to getting some form of education while I was playing footy. Given now that your football career has come to an end, you're over in academia, you're studying, it's a very pressurised environment, football. Did you find university perhaps maybe a little too relaxed? It's a different kind of stress. You know, with uh, Aussie rules, you're competing to try and take someone else's position the whole time in a, in a limited team. When I was at St Kilda, yeah, there's probably four or five Ruckman. So there's actually a lot of people I had to beat to try and take you know, someone's position. With university, you're competing against the class, but a different kind of pressure environment because you're mainly competing against yourself, you know, making sure that you can take what you've learned and you know, apply it. I didn't find it um, stress-free. I, I found uni quite stressful. Um, but again, that's that comes down to the way I, um, I can really make myself stress over little things. What's some advice you can give to students coming through who are studying engineering based on the benefit of your experience? One of the key pieces of advice I'd give is to get work experience as quickly as you can because I think you don't really understand what engineering is until you've actually been in the environment and it's a very broad industry like you can like I got an environmental engineering degree and I'm working as a civil engineer and I do a lot of mechanical engineering type stuff as well so getting yourself into that environment I think is quite important to understanding what you want to do and understanding what all the work you're going to do as a student actually is going to lead to eventually. And did you do an internship? I actually got myself employed prior to finishing uni. So that sort of was effectively my my internship. Um, I started working at a company called Environmental Earth Sciences as a contamination engineer for my final year of uni. So that was that was good because it gave me a bit of an insight into what the field actually was like to work in. Luke, I'm keen to get a sense of why you studied at both Monash and RMIT. What was the reason for that? I had a bit of a um, period 
there following the uh, end of my footy career. I wasn't sure if engineering was for me. I'd been a little bit out of contact with it while I was um, playing footy and um, I'd lost contact with why I was doing it. You know, when I finished up with footy, I kind of decided I needed to take a bit of a break, see if there was something else I wanted to do. Uh, at which point, yeah, I, I enrolled myself in a food science degree at uh, RMIT, which is a bit of a big swing. Over in New Zealand, my cousin, her husband, is a food technologist and he was told me about what he does as his job, which was making new products. They'd reverse engineer uh, other commercial products or pretty much start from scratch and make brand new um, food products. And um, when you do it on a large scale, there's a lot of science involved in it. And it sort of had that same constructing something type, you know, building something. It sounded like an interesting job. So, uh, you know, I got myself enrolled and ended up doing a three-year course in it and uh, realised in my um, final year that I really did want to be an engineer. It didn't tick the box for me. So it was uh, back at Monash. When I started in engineering, I wasn't 100% sure whether it was something I wanted to do. When I came back into it after that, I had a burning passion. I really wanted to finish that degree and work as an engineer. Although it was a bit of a three-year detour, I think ultimately it uh, led to me doing better at uni and I think it also shaped the kind of engineer I've sort of become in my career because my whole attitude to the way, the way I studied uh, and everything it changed I was you know dead keen and that was what I wanted to do as a career after that stay right where you are Luke because we're going to talk to you in our next episode about your career fantastic Get yourself involved in your desired industry before you finish your education via internship or simply ask for opportunities. Great advice from Luke Van Rinen. In our next episode, Luke explains how his efforts to get involved in engineering early paid off. You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, a Salt Studios production.